Welcome to MedTech Speed to Data, a KeyTech podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rogers, VP of Business Development at KeyTech. Each month, me and the KeyTecher are going to interview a MedTech leader and talk to them about the critical data-driven decisions they make in their programs. Welcome back, everybody, to MedTech Speed to Data, KeyTech podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rogers, along with Jake Copperthwaite, Senior EE Partner here at KeyTech. Jake, welcome back. Hey, Andy. Good to talk to you again. We're following up on our podcast we had with Steve Schaefer, where we talked about the MyHelper, the in-home migraine therapeutic product. Uh, it's in trials currently. I think it, it was clear as day to me in interviewing him, Jake, I don't know if you thought the same, that you know, they're doing an in-home clinical trial, you know, and the future of the med, med device market is you know, in-home product and product use. And so you know, I, I thought it'd be worth uh, us talking a little bit more about you know, not necessarily designing for in-home. We've talked about that um, on other podcasts here, um, podcast episodes. But I want to talk about conducting a trial in the home environment. Talk a little bit more about that. So, Jake, you know, the future is here. We got to get used to it. Almost every product is going to be used uh, in home. So let's talk a little about, um, you know, I guess your thoughts on preparing and running uh, an in-home uh, clinical trial you know, from a product design perspective, we're not necessarily talking about trial design. That's not necessarily Keytech's uh, core competency, but just from a product development perspective, as our audience is, is watching this, they're, they're in the process of, you know, architecting a new product or maybe getting close to, to V&V and they're, they're thinking about, you know, running these studies. Um, share some of those insights you had from that interview with Steve, Jake. Sure. Yeah. I mean, th there's obviously a lot of unique challenges um, doing studies at home compared to in a clinic. You're not going to have a trained clinician. You're not going to have engineers on standby. And you really don't know a lot about the users. Um, and of course, clinical trials are expensive. So you want to get it right the first time. Um, and, you know, one of the ways to do that is to have confidence in your device. Uh, so when you ship your device to various sites, you need to know that it works. You can't get bad data because it doesn't work. Um, you can't have, you know, let's say even devices non-functional at all. It's it's a it's a showstopper. So, I, th I think the way to approach it, and it sounds like this is what Steve did, is you do all of your verification upfront before you ship these devices. So you want to verify that the design works against the input requirements. That's going to give you confidence that it's performing like it should, uh, and within the pre performance criteria. The second thing you want to do is evaluate the device against the applicable standards. Uh, for example, 6601-1-11, that's the home healthcare electrical safety standard, or I should say collateral standard. Um, there's a lot of additional requirements in there that don't apply to the clinic. Things like uh, more strict radiated emissions limits. Um, it needs to be a class two device. You can't rely on earth ground in someone's home. So you wanna make sure that you've tested your device to all those standards and you're happy with the results. The last thing you wanna do is apply design controls early and, and follow them. So if you do need to make your device along the way, you know, before you're shipping, make sure that you use a change control process, make sure everything's reviewed, make sure you've evaluated the impact. If you don't do that, then you're risking making a late change that disrupts how the device performs and it could affect your clinical trial results. Yeah, absolutely. The product has to work shipping out the door <laughs> or else you're, you're, you're losing right out of the gates. Uh, the other, um, a consideration I'll make is, you know, obviously you need to know your user and when you're developing this product, following design control standards, your um, design control processes, you know, you're, you're doing formative evaluations and pre-formative evaluations. 
Um, your trial is ultimately you know, considered your summative evaluation, but you need to understand how the user is gonna use the product in the commercial use case, and also how the user is gonna use it in the clinical trial case. So consider what training you need to do to help run the trial effectively. Does it need to pair with a smartphone um, you know, for data collection? Make sure they're trained on that. Maybe the, a smartphone isn't needed, but how is the user gonna capture you know, the, the use um, experience so that the, the insights from that trial can be applied you know, as needed for design changes in the future? Yeah, so, so one thing I'll add for um, at-home clinical studies is simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, one of the things that was done with the MyHelper device, which is intended for you know reuse, you would keep it at your home, you would reuse it, you would disinfect it, clean it, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what was done in this case with MyHelper is treat it as a single-use device just for the trial. Um, that way you don't have to rely on the user properly cleaning and sanitizing the device, which could affect results. It's just, you know, simplifying things. They only need to get it um, out of the package and use it once and you've got your data. Um, the other thing you wanna do is consider what data you need for the trial, which might not apply to the commercial product. Uh, for example, with MyHelper, there's a companion app that runs on the user's smartphone. Uh, for the trial, that app is only collecting data and securely sending it to the cloud. For a commercial device, the MyHelper might do other things um, like closed loop control or allow you to adjust parameters through the app, all, sort of, all sorts of you know, crazy different features that aren't really needed if you're just trying to collect clinical data. The other thing you could do is try to limit functionality. Um, the, the eventual MyHelper device may be closed loop control. It may you know, collect data and adjust its parameters in real time. But for purposes of the trial, maybe open loop is adequate and you don't need that added complexity of trying to make a closed loop control work in someone's home uh, with no oversight. Yeah, Jake, I mean, those words simplify, 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 you know, ring true for sure for, you know, your, your lean startups or, you know, that, that are they're just trying to get these products and, and get out and get some user data on them. Can you describe to the audience just, you know, to kind of round out this discussion? So, you know, you're, you're making a simple in-home clinical trial device, basically. You're making sure that it's that it works. You ship it out. You know you've you've um, designed the use case so that you know there's some training and it's easy to use. You're not going to confound the data in any way by you know misuse. So you wrap up the in, in clinic or sorry the in home study, and uh, it's successful. And and now you're ready to go to market. Um, what what would a startup um, or a global company for that matter need to do? from a design control, from a design and design control, I should say, uh, perspective to now, you know, close, you know, go from trial success to commercial success. So you mentioned, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not, um, you know, reusing what would ultimately be a reusable and you're not um, maybe doing closed loop control of a therapy, for example. What additional work would need to, to be done to close that gap to get to market? Sure. So you've got to be able to connect the dots, right? The, the device you use to collect your clinical data needs to be similar to the device that goes to market, right? Like you, you can't be changing core parameters between the two or else it potentially invalidates your data. Um, so things you want to do, you know, lock down uh, some of the software that might have been configurable before. You want to make those, you know, set parameters. You don't want to change them. You might want to remove some features. So 
Um, you know, maybe maybe the app isn't used at all. Maybe it's only used for data collection in the trial. And in the future, maybe you don't even need Bluetooth or a companion app. You can, and you can go to market with a lower cost product. Yeah. So the other thing is, you know, any changes that you make between the clinical trial device and your commercial device um, need to be fully assessed. You need to understand the impact and you need to use formal change control. So you have a record that traces you back to the device you used to collect the clinical data. Did you follow what he meant by, um, you know, going down the 510k path, but may will probably go de novo? Is that just because he's he's proposing 510k, but FDA might will say de, de novo? So, so I guess de novo would apply to like a class three medical device, and it's a process. Um, even though it's class three, which would normally require a PMA, it, it's a process to um, effectively reduce the classification. To class two so that you can use it 510k and i think that's what they've done on this application have you designed a product for in-home jake personally i have yeah um Gitex designed several um i was involved in a auto injector uh device design which was electromechanical yeah any any uh interesting stories from those from those uh design projects like you know, meeting, you know, just, just under the limit of, you know, dash one dash 11 kind of requirements or anything like that. You know, one lesson from designing an at-home device is how close you are to the end users. Um, with, with devices that are used in a hospital or a clinic, a lot of times you're talking to the clinicians, you know, how will you use it? How will this affect your patients? But with a at-home device where you're putting it in the user's hand, when you go out and do a user study, you know, you're talking to the patients, so you're understanding how it will affect them, um, what do they like about it, what do they dislike, and it just feels like the feedback feedback is a lot more direct uh, with an at-home device than something in the hospital. All right, Jake. So for these decentralized at-home clinical trials, um, in your experience, you know, what have you seen for where are these devices coming from? Are they coming from, you know, you know, in the shop at the startup company, you know, building them, or maybe at a product development firm, or or are you seeing more with uh, con contract manufacturers, ISO 1345 contract manufacturers supplying these devices? Keytech is, is great at design. We're great at prototyping, uh, but we don't do manufacturing. So when you go to these at-home studies, you usually need to create you know a lot of devices, and that's outside our capabilities. So the best way to go is to engage a contract manufacturer, um, one who has experience in the medical space, e even though... You're not on the market as a medical device. You're, you need um, that design control. You need the 1345 certifications. So engage a CM, um, treat it almost like a pilot build, make sure they're doing everything right. And again, that's going to build confidence in the device when you put it out in the field. And, and what about those CMs actually supporting the trial? Are they shipping? I know in the, in the prior podcast, you know, I think they were drop shipping direct to, to patients. Is that what you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, another great thing about CMs is they're usually set up for, for shipping as well as receiving. So they can get these devices back and service them if needed. And in some cases, maybe send them out to the next home uh, to use them again. All right, Jake. Uh, great. So the future is decentralized in-home clinical trials. Got to keep these products simple. Got to plan for um, you know closing the gap, I guess, on, on what you put in the trial and what you ultimately plan on taking to market work with the CM to get these products out in those trials. Uh, and like you said, you've, you're already laying the groundwork for a commercial operation once, once approval is, um, is achieved. So, all right, Jake, thanks for your time today. 
Thanks a lot, Andy. It's good to be with you. All right. See ya. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to MedTech Speed to Data, a key tech podcast. Join us each month for more ways to get the right data faster to inform critical decisions. Find additional resources on our website, keytechinc.com. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review on iTunes whenever you listen. Thanks. Thanks.